Hey friends, welcome to Thrive and Align Healing Podcast. This is Kim. And this is Carmen. And we basically solve all the world's problems here on the podcast. Just kidding. We talk about holistic healing. We explore ways to change our thinking um, and the mind-body connection to stimulate healing in our body. So you know, all that mind-body-soul stuff. Yep, that's what we talk about each week. So thanks for joining us. Let's get started. Hey friends, welcome to Thrive and Align Healing Podcast. This week is episode 29 and we're going to talk about cold and flu season. But we're going to dive into a lot of the science behind cold and flu, the viruses, our immune system, how they work, and why the cold and flu season takes place during the cold months. Um, this episode is really just about education and empowerment. So um, people that aren't nerds like us in the terms of the body can have a better understanding of what a virus is, how it works, how our immune system works. Um, so yeah, let's go. Uh, perfect. So um, we always think of um, cold and flu season, right? Starting in the winter months and in October is usually um, when the big kickoff for cold and flu season is, is because in conventional medicine, that's when they release the vaccines uh, for the flu virus is in October. And the reason, there's a couple of reasons they do that. Um, first, because it takes them all year to manufacture it. Um, and secondly, because that's when the virus is a little bit more active. And so um, when we're talking about viruses in general, right? Um, viruses are different than bacteria in that um, the way that they attach to our cells and um, reproduce or propagate right within our cells. So bacteria, um, what they go in is they will come in and they kind of invade, right? Um, and then we become infected. But viruses, well, okay, I guess I said that wrong because viruses actually, um, when they invade our body, they enter within the cells. So they, they use our cellular instructions to replicate and make more viruses in the body, okay? And because they do that, um, they, it requires different factors within our immune system looking for those viral particles, right? Um, and of course, not all viruses are the same, but um, they have a similar reaction, in that um, they have to have that those instructions within our cells to replicate. And so when they do that, they actually lice or break down our cells, right? So they start replicating all the parts um, within our cells to the point where our cell just can't take it anymore and our cell ruptures. And then it releases all of the um, uh, building blocks, if you will, that that virus needs to um, make new virus particles or um, viral cells, right? So uh, the reason why antibiotics don't work with viruses is because they enter our cells like that, right? Bacteria are sort of their own um, entity. They don't need, they come with their own instructions. They don't need our cellular um, information or our instructions. And so it's much easier to target bacteria with antibiotics or antimicrobials because they're outside the cell, right? And so our immune system has to be really on point 
they're specific immune cells that we create, like natural killer cells, um, are uh, the T cell line of our white blood cells um, are created to look for sort of those viral particles, right? Um, because when the virus enters in our cell, it puts out kind of little like signalers, like little antennas on the outside of our cell. Um, so if there are other viral particles that are floating around, they can receive that signal, right? And um, have an idea of where to go, if you will. And so our immune system has to be very astute and to be looking for those particular signals. And so if our natural killer cells are um, not optimal, right? Or if our white blood cell line, those specifically those T cells aren't um, up to par, well then oftentimes those viruses can uh, kind of sneak in and replicate much quicker um, then our immune system is able to recognize it, okay? Mm -hmm. So normal viral infections, if we have an optimal immune system, um, it will respond to viral infections. If it's a new infection that we haven't uh, seen before or a new strain of the flu or we haven't had this strain of the cold in a while, um, usually the immune system should catch, be able to identify it, um, attack it, and produce more immune cells that are imprinted with that signaling from that particular virus within 10 days, right? Usually seven to 10 days. Um, if our viral infections last longer than 10 to 14 days, we have a very subpar immune response. Yeah. So, hmm. um, the, so there's a lot of things that we can do to promote, right? Um, sort of that optimal immune response um, to help make sure that our natural killer cells are functioning and out patrolling like they're supposed to, um, because we have viruses everywhere, right? Um, uh, that's just, they're within our environment. But uh, particularly the flu virus um, does prefer colder weather. And so that's just why we see this cycle um, during the year that we usually see the the flu cases go up between October and February in what we consider sort of those winter months. So one, the flu thrives well, but secondly, also when we have temperature changes that can be sometimes drastic for folks, um, that temperature train change increases uh, a physical stress on our body, right? Well, we've talked about stress and how that relationship with cortisol, the more cortisol our body produces that, that suppresses our immune system because it's kind of that natural steroid. And so if we are not um, dressing according to the weather, right? Um, if, we're, if our body is not um, able to handle that change in the weather, that added environmental stress, that also has an effect on our uh, immune response. So like you're talking about, cause I think about when I was a kid, my mom was like, you know, don't, don't go outside cause you're going to get cold or don't go outside with your hair wet. Is that like kind of what you're talking about is like not dressing appropriately for the cold weather and like, like, is that what you, yeah. Kind of. Yes. So in general, right. Um, if you're, 
if you don't have a very strong vital force, right? Like if your vet, if your body is not um, very, what we call very vital, right? Um, then those types of things, yes, will have a negative impact, right? But if you're healthy and you have a positive immune response, right? Um, going outside in the cold with when your hair's wet um, or if you don't have a jacket on, those things may not be as detrimental to some people because they already have um, a, uh, uh, like a stronger immune system, stronger immune system, a, a stronger vital force, but they have a, uh, like a, huh, how do I describe this? A, um, uh, better, maybe a safety net, if you will. Right. So, I mean, we've talked about stress resilience as far as like the mental health goes. So it's a similar thing. Um, if you have that stronger vital force, you are more resilient to things, right? So that um, if you have, you go out in a colder environment and you're not dressed appropriately, your body can kind of bounce back that, from that a little bit quicker, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, versus somebody who doesn't have that much um, capacity that if they experience that increased stress, right, that might like put them over, put their body over the, the edge, if you will, so that um, they're unable to respond to anything they may be exposed to. I got you. Like, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know that I explained that very clearly. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're fine. And then I want to go back to this, like you're talking about your body being introduced to a new virus, it should have a healthy, strong immune system would take seven to 10 days yes. to knock it out. And that, are you saying like, you should be 100% again after that seven to 10 days? You shouldn't have, um, so, okay, uh, let me clarify. Um, after that seven to 10 days, there shouldn't be a uh, prominent viral load after that. So that means the virus should be dead, okay? After that okay. seven to 10 days, if you have an appropriate response. Okay. Now, sometimes the symptoms that we experience um, with the cold and flu, sometimes that's inflammation, which is the side effect of your immune system working so well, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes that lingering cough, sometimes that drainage, that stuffiness um, may not actually be a viral infection anymore, but the after effects of the inflammation that was produced because of the um, uh, large immune response. Okay. So we'll Does use, you know, how a little examples. So we'll just use me an example. So when I got, um, COVID in February, like I got really sick for like two or three days. Then I felt, I mean, it took, well, yeah, two or three days. And then I was tired for a few days, but then I was back to normal. Yeah. Except I had that stinking cough for three weeks. Yeah. So are you yeah. saying like I, my immune system did pretty good job. Like it stayed in that window, killed the virus, but because I had that cough for then for three weeks, it wasn't necessarily, I still had the virus. It was my inflammation response due to my immune response. Yes. That's the most common. Yeah. Okay. That people will have that lingering cough for a little while. Now, um, this is what's um, from a conventional medical model, right? When people feel sick, they want to feel better faster, right? Mm -hmm. Because that feeling ill 
that's not usually the viral infection. That's your immune system trying to fight off that virus, right? All that like phlegm and mucus, all of that is from your white blood cells um, trying to fight off these infections, right? Um, and so that usually is what makes uncomfortable symptoms, gives people, you know, the headaches, the cough, the joint pain, the, you know, um, with the flu, abdominal issues, right? And so people wanna feel better, so they go to the doctor and the doctor gives them steroids. Well, what do steroids do? Steroids suppress the immune system. And they reduce inflammation. And it reduces inflammation so you feel better. It gives you more energy because you get that cortisol. Cortisol is a, um, um, similar to adrenaline, right? So you get that adrenaline, you get that energy so that you can do whatever you wanna do and you don't feel as crummy um, from the illness. But does it work against you then? Because it's suppressing the immune system? Yes, it does. So oftentimes what happens is those folks, so they'll have a lesser immune response, but oftentimes their immune response will be for much longer, right? Um, so similar to somebody who might be in adrenal fatigue, um, their immune response or their um, symptoms may last um, two or three weeks, right? It may last a couple of months. It may be kind of this lingering like, oh, I can't um, seem to kick this cold or this flu, right? Um, and so their, yeah, their body just isn't really resilient um, to that. And so they're having a, uh, a longer progression of the disease because they suppressed it um, instead of letting your body naturally kind of take its course and do what it needs to do. So then like during, do you run a fever with a cold or is it just the flu? I forgot. Um, usually just the flu. So a lot of people, when they start running fever, they run out and take something to get rid of the fever. Yes. What about that? Um, so that would be calling us um, an antipyretic. That means they're suppressing a fever, whether that's um, a Tylenol, acetaminophen, those are kind of the go-to. Ibuprofen also suppresses the fever. Um, and so people feel better. They get a little bit nervous because they've got a fever, but you're suppressing your response, right? The reason why our body gets hot and we get a fever is because viruses like colder temperatures, right? And so if our body um, can increase our temperature up to 100, 100, you know, 0.1, uh, 0.9, um, 101, um, then it's creating an, an environment in which the virus cannot and does not replicate. Yeah. So genius. Yeah. Our, like body genius is our body is so genius. And we're like, no body, you don't know what the hell you're doing. Let's take a handful of pills. Yeah. Our body is, I, I, I'm telling you, it's, it's an awe-inspiring, unique design that we have. Um, and usually it's, our convenient, our inconvenience is what gets in the way, right? Like we don't like to feel bad. Um, and so when people feel bad because they're sick, they go to the store and they buy decongestants. They buy, yeah, Tylenol. Um, Mucinex. There's a whole, yeah, there's a whole section um, for cold and flu um, to help remove symptoms, right? It's not helping the body get better. It's helping them feel better so they can go back to work or they can do, you know, um, take care of their family or do whatever they need to do instead of taking time to be like, okay, you know what? I'm sick. My body's trying to tell me something. Let me take a break and take some time to 
coalesce or to recover. Let my, yeah, give my body the support that it needs instead of working against it with a lot of these um, uh, suppressive therapies. Yeah. And um, yeah, take that time to, um, yeah, let your body kind of, I, I tell folks when you get sick, it's kind of chance for your body to exercise its immune system, right? You're kind of <laughs> keeping it in check and seeing if your immune system's going <laughs> to work appropriately. Um, so it's kind of like how we talk about coaching, you know, like none of us want to feel terrible emotions, right? Like I, none of us want to feel grief and sadness and loss, but the way, um, the way is through it. You have to feel those things to get to the other side. So it's almost the same thing with being sick. Like the way is through it. You have to feel it instead of suppress it to get through it faster. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, another thing I wanted to mention quickly is because oftentimes we see this in, um, I'm not sure what this flu season is going to um, bring about, but oftentimes we see co-infections occur, right? So if folks don't have that strong vital force and they don't have a, an appropriate immune response, um, when we get exposed to the cold or the flu um, and we get sick with that, if our um, if we don't have the reserves, what often happens is that opportunistic bacteria um, uh, take advantage of the situation, right? So they're like, okay, your immune system is already preoccupied with this virus. So the bacterial infections that are opportunists will jump in, right? So the, oftentimes people get strep, um, it's either post-cold or post-flu. Um, so you see those go together. Um, and um, we had quite a few, um, our flu cases were really high and our strep cases were really high <laughs> last year. And so, um, you know, the predictions are very unknown this year, but um, it's one of those things I think if you prepare, um, we can kind of mediate some of those things. Uh, but the, yeah, so sometimes people will get two infections kind of not usually on top of, or not usually at the same time, Usually what happens is somebody gets sick with the viral infection first mm -hmm. and then it drags on, right? So instead of kind of, you know, either nipping it in the bud or your body taking care of it in that three or four, you know, seven days, it drags on, your immune suppressant's already suppressed. Well, here comes this opportunist, opportunist bacterial infection and then you end up with strep on top of that, right? Yeah or another flu strain, right? You might get flu, you had influenza A before, then you get B the next time mm -hmm. because we don't have a lot of resilience or sort of that built up vital force so that um, when your immune system is kind of preoccupied that you know it can also address sort of the outliers as opposed to yeah, them taking advantage of the, of the opportunity that your immune system's already um, uh, busy. Yeah. So we should do a whole episode on strep throat because <laughs> strep's a pretty, I don't want to scare people. It's a little bit more serious than we take it because I think it has a lot more side effects. Um, there are complications of strep. There are several, a lot more complications of strep that people need to be aware of. Um, there are a couple of different schools of thought, right? If you catch strep early, you can still address it with natural um, uh, therapies, but it's one of those things you don't want to, to go, you're going to need a little extra support, 
right? <laughs> so if you have strep, whether it's antibiotics or natural therapies, you, most of the time people are gonna need a little extra support um, instead of just letting it run its course. Yeah, and so um, whatever that looks like for uh, particular people, yeah, that um, does need a little, uh, a, a little bit more support. Yeah. So okay, we've told them about this. How do they if they do get sick? First, okay. Well, yeah, if they do get sick, like what is it? How do you support the immune system? And then, can you talk to us about? how can we just prepare ourselves for flu, cold, COVID season, strep throat, everything? You know, how do we make our, going into the season, make our immune system so robust? Perfect. So I'm going to start with prevention first. Okay. Um, because we can do so much with that, right? So um, we're talking about prevention. We're really talking about optimal health, right? Um, so things that, um, I don't know, I talk about it a lot, so I feel like it's obvious, but it may not be obvious. But so at the very top of my list is reduce our sugar intake, right? So we know, so, okay, I was trying to find the date on this. Um, I believe, where's my notes? Um, in the 70s, they did the research with the immune system in our immune or with sugar in our immune response. And um, I think it was in 77 uh, that this article was published, but um, it stated that um, 100 grams of refined sugar reduces the ability of the white blood cells, that's our immune system, to destroy um, bacteria and viruses by 50% within two hours, okay? So your body is, your immune system is compromised when we ingest sugar, okay? So- Which is 100 uh, grams, sorry. Is that like so, a, a teaspoon or? Um, I think it's actually two teaspoons, okay. yeah. Um, I don't have it written on these notes. So no, it's okay. I just don't want people to think like, oh, a hundred grams. That's like three cups. I don't eat that much. Like I wanted to like a, like, no, it's a really small amount. Yeah. Um, so let's see. One, oh, okay. Sorry. It's a little bit more than that. Uh, one tablespoon of white sugar is 12 and a half grams. Yeah. So, okay. um, but knowing that sugar directly suppresses your immune response, right? So your white blood cells cannot um, patrol or interact or take care of the viruses and the bacteria that we're exposed to um, because they have been paralyzed by the sugar that we've ingested. So it's one of those things, if we want our immune system to be robust and have a higher vital force, um, we can uh, cut out sugar within our diet to uh, support that, right? Because we know that sugar is inflammatory. So if sugar is, su is suppressing your immune system and causing your immune system to react to the sugar, there isn't any resources available to attack viruses and bacteria that you're exposed to. It's already, you know, preoccupied. So um, that's one of the it's always at the top of my list because it's something that's simple, 
not always easy for folks because we know that sugar has addictive properties, but um, something to have on our radar yeah, that we can um, directly do to help to um, support that immune response. Uh, another preventative thing that um, I love and we've talked about before is probiotics and fermented foods. Um, we know that the gut, our digestive health is responsible for about 70 to 80% of our immune system. And so if our gut is optimal, then it's more likely that we'll be able to have a better immune response to whatever we're exposed to, right? Um, so probiotics and fermented foods can have a direct relationship with um, supporting that immune system within the digestive tract. Um, so that's something that we can add to our uh, daily meals is uh, taking some probiotics or some fermented foods. And then of course, vitamin D is always at the top of our list, right? We know that we've talked about vitamin D before and how it supports our immune system, but also um, has a significant role in balancing out our hormones. Um, especially cortisol and our stress hormone. And so um, by increasing vitamin D, um, either with sun exposure, right, um, or through foods like mushrooms, eggs, um, nuts and seeds, or through a supplement form, um, it can all be very helpful in making sure that we have an appropriate response. Yeah, perfect. So those are my kind of top three um prevention things as far as what to do when we get sick so <clears throat> we can always increase those things so even though they're preventative the um decreasing sugar the probiotics and the vitamin d we can also do that acutely so if we do become acutely ill with the cold or flu or we just feel crummy um by doing the, by increasing probiotics and vitamin d we can do that also to um effectively um, address, right, whatever viral illnesses we may, um, we may have. Uh, other things that are really great for antimicrobial, um, is garlic. Garlic's always at the top of my list. Um, I'll send you guys out my recipe for garlic and onion soup. <laughs> uh, it's very garlicky. It's one of those things I, I encourage people to even add it into their meal plan on a weekly basis. You can make up a big batch of it and then put it in the freezer. Um, that's what I do. And then, you know, it's a lot easier just kind of thaw it out and let it um, melt and you just warm it up just a little bit. You don't want to boiling because that if you're, if it's boiling, then it affects the properties in the garlic, right? That's antimicrobial. So we just want it warm, um, but not maybe a little bit of a simmer, but not like a rolling boil. But um, garlic um, actually has some awesome research on it as far as um, decreasing the duration of cold and flu, um, both, and um, decreasing the symptoms of cold and flu, right? So if we can take care of, if we can eliminate those viral infections quicker, then we have less of that inflammatory response of those you know, symptoms that make us feel bad. Yeah, I have a little story on that. So when I got COVID in February, and my husband did live together. Um, I knew, I just, I knew garlic. So I just ate a ton of garlic, garlic supplements every day for as long as I had the cough and Jeremiah didn't. So he had a cough a week, 
a week or a week and a half longer than I did. And I solely attribute it to the fact that I was eating garlic <laughs> so much. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very effective. And it's one of those things that's usually affordable for most folks, right? You can buy a big batch of a big um, bag of garlic from the grocery store. Um, and uh, it's, you know, I tell folks the trick is you got to ingest it right? Right. <laughs> uh, for it to be effective, but it is very effective. Um, it works well against other bacterial infections as well. It does have some research um, against uh, strep and um, like bronchitis infections and that's what other upper respiratory infections. So um, it's a handy one. I tell people to make sure they stock up on and have some available, especially through the colder months. Yeah. And um, so sometimes, so those are kind of my big um, acute things. There are several others and you know it's one of those things there's so many different options because natural medicine um, works with the body right we have antimicrobial herbs um, plants and foods that we can ingest and use um, when we get exposed and for some um, folks there's so many different recommendations um, if you listen to several NDs most all of us have a di <laughs> our different our favorites um, but uh, um, they're all, they all have things that are in common, right? Um, and that's the effectiveness uh, against uh, viral infections. The other things that I usually, so we have usually talk about vitamin C, right? People know when you feel sick, take vitamin C. Um, and I encourage people to get whole food forms of vitamin C. Uh, so things like, you know, the citrus fruits that we know of, right? Lemons pineapple, oranges, um, uh, yeah, to a grapefruit even, um, to get those, that vitamin C, because oftentimes the vitamin C that we purchase over the counter in the grocery stores have ascorbic acid in it. And that is a component of vitamin C, but that's not the whole picture. And so um, oftentimes if we get our vitamin C from whole foods, you'll get the, all the components of vitamin C that is important for the cortisol response because your body's undergoing a physical stress because of this um, invasion of a virus, um, but also it's helpful for the immune system so that it can produce the appropriate factors in those white blood cell lines to address um, whatever virus you're exposed to. Yeah, so um, those are, yeah, kind of my top, my top three of the things to, to have on hand, yeah. Um, to, during the cold winter months. If you're looking for a vitamin C supplement, again, you wanna find one that's a whole foods form. So look for one like a Moringa, um, one that has on the label, it says um, Aceola or, um, a, or, a, or from berries. Uh, that'll give you a better idea or that'll tell you that it, you're getting a whole form of vitamin C versus just the ascorbic acid by itself. Good luck, because I could not find them at Sprouts. They were all absorbing, or however you say that, acid. Ascorbic acid. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's why I encourage people to do whole foods, right? So stock, I mean, we're kind of on the end of um, the summer season, but consider stocking up on like frozen pineapple. Um, you can keep it in your freezer and have it available uh, for the winter months. I, um, I don't know that freezing orange oranges is 
that effective, but you can freeze like lemon juice and orange juice. Um, but yeah, having those things handy is going to be helpful as well. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. So that's kind of just a, a quick overview, right? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. If our audience, if you guys do get sick and you need a little extra support, you know, I'm going to encourage you to reach out. Um, we can, yeah, um, make a little bit more individualized recommendations to help to support you if you become ill this yeah. season. And Carbon mentioned that she uh, has a recipe, a garlic onion recipe. So if you guys are wanting that, make sure you join our uh, newsletter, email list, whatever you want to call it. So you just go to thriveandalignhealing.com and it says, let's stay connected. So then you can just drop your name and your email um, and we will get you out that recipe we're going to email that out to our um, subscribers so they can have that for the season. And um, also, I wanted to let you guys know on Tuesdays, Central Time at 7 o'clock to 7.30, we just have a tea time with Dr. Carmen and me. And that is via Facebook Live. So you guys could just jump on if you have some questions, you want to chat with us, whatever. It's very laid back, which is kind of a drink some tea, chat. Q&A time if you want. So that is on Tuesdays, 7 o'clock Central Time, p.m. to 7.30, if you guys are interested in connecting live with us as well. So yeah, have fun this week, my friends, and we will see you guys next time. Thank you. Hi, friends. Thank you for joining us this week on our podcast. Um, we appreciate any comments that you guys might have. Um, please send us a review on iTunes. Um, we personally reply to all your comments, and we love to see what you guys are thinking. Um, if you'd like an update and idea on our courses that we have to offer, please check out our website at thriveandalignedhealing.com.